Audrey. So cute. And our guest for today <laughs> is my best friend, Audrey. <laughs> oh. Are you choosing me? Am I the one? Go for it. <laughs> I she won't can't. get jealous. But boy, are we ready for this episode. <laughs> I mean, kinda, yeah. It was such a weird night. Um, as of the day of recording, our entire community is like in recovery from a massive storm that rolled through. And really yeah, really big. <laughs> They're big. <laughs> um, I don't have the equipment to handle it, so I guess I need to wait probably like five days or a week for for a crew to get out and clean it all clean it all up. Clean it all up. Uh yeah. but you know, I'm happy. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm in a good mood. We're recording a podcast. I've got Audrey on my lap. The house wasn't damaged, so yes. that's good. Definitely not everyone can say that right now. So mm -hmm. yeah. Luckily I live in an apartment, so I don't have to deal with yard work afterwards. But yeah, we went out of power. So that was my first text to Ryland this morning was, first question, do you have power? Can we record today? So luckily we can. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I don't know. My night was, <laughs> uh, we were like out on a patio enjoying some drinks and someone's like, oh, look at that rain wall over there. I and, think we're about to get dumped on. We're, oh, you like saw it approaching. We saw the rain like far away and someone's like, I think we're going to get dumped on. We should leave. This is like 11, close to midnight. So it's close to midnight and we're like, we got to go. And luckily I already closed my tab. I was out of there because I hate storms. You guys were at like a bar during this, like a patio at a bar. Yeah. And they were still open. Well, it didn't look bad yet. Like oh, okay. we were looking in the distance and we're like, oh, we see all the lightning in the clouds. And we, so we started even talking about storms, but like we saw on the, um, actually they had like the news channel on inside the restaurant and we're like, it doesn't look that bad <laughs> because they were showing like severe thunderstorm warning, whatever. And we're like, oh yeah, we see it. And then eventually we're like, yeah, we need to get out of here. That was like midnight. And I only lived like three minutes away. So I got home really quick. No rain got inside safe within five minutes the rain was like horizontal and my power was flickering and so I texted everyone who was there I was like they had like a longer drive than me to get home like 15 to 20 minutes and so I was like please be safe and one guy from Florida he ended up saying that it was worse than most of the hurricanes he's ever drove driven. Whoa. Yeah. Like, well and and the the warning notification that I got said it was moving at like 30 to 60 miles an hour. Yeah. Not the winds, but like the storm, the storm front itself. Well, it came in fast because one guy was going, I think it was moving south and one guy was traveling south and it caught up to him. And actually, once he even got to his neighborhood, it was like destroyed. <laughs> like he had to get out of his car multiple times to move trash cans, tree branches that he couldn't drive over. The other guy from Florida just drove over all the tree branches. <laughs> Probably not a good idea on the car, but... Yeah, so everyone got home safe. Uh, one guy said the power was out like two miles before he got to his house. Like no power was on. And like my power eventually went out. The wind was crazy against the window that I got so scared. 
then the tornado sirens went off and like mm-hmm. I grabbed the cat and I got in the bathroom because I heard people in the hallway too. So I actually, I was ready to go to bed. I put on like normal clothes in case I did have to like go downstairs, but I just went in the bathroom. I was like, I'll be safe if a window breaks in here. And it was till 1am. So I waited it out till 1am <laughs> to come out of the bathroom. <laughs> um, but so good thing I put my clothes on because come... I was probably like 145. I was like ready to shut my eyes. I like calmed down because storms really work me up. The fire alarm goes off. No. <laughs> yes. No. And so my cat runs. He always sprints to the other room under the bed. And it's so hard to get him out from under there. But I grabbed him. I was like, I don't know. There's probably tree branches falling. There's probably stuff going places. Like I could believe Power there's lines. a fire right now. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I actually... Backstory maybe is like our fire alarms go off all the time in the winter because pipes burst. So I was like, those are like, I ignore it. Um, Sorry, I'm, I'm like poking my head around. So I was like, oh my God, did I hit record? Yeah. Okay. Hopefully, <laughs> Sorry, everyone. We're new at this. <laughs> and so I grab them. I go downstairs. And so there's this like, we live right next to the pool and there's a little cabana that's all indoors, but they have like garage doors that can open to the pool. Um and that's where everyone usually goes when these fire alarms go off, when they're not real. And we just wait for, like, either someone from the apartment complex or the fire department to come and turn them off. Well, no one is, like, responding at the apartment complex because their emergency hotline's already overbooked because, like, everyone's out of power. Everyone, yeah, no internet, whatever. We're all out of power. So did you ever, and like, do you we, know what caused that? The power outage? The The fire alarm. Oh, I'll get there. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, like, we're, I'm with probably, like, 20 other people in this cabana. There's some dogs that Jackson gets to meet. Um, but, like, we're all just chilling there at 2.30, 2.45. Well, yeah, it ends up being 2.45 when we get out. Um, the fire department finally comes, but obviously with all the storm, like, they've been so busy the whole entire night that, like, it took them a while to come. Usually they're right away because we have a fire department really close to us. Um but they took a while and I was actually the person who like opened the door for the fire department people and they are asking us where the box is to turn it off. And so like someone I was talking to, she's like, oh, I can show you. So she goes in the basement with them because this happens so often. We know <laughs> where the fire stuff is. That's ridiculous. Um, Why is it? We have trippy alarms. Okay. I don't But in the winter it goes off because a pipe bursts. Usually it freezes up and bursts. We have really bad pipes, I guess, even though it's a new building, whatever. Um, So she shows them and they, they turn it off and he's like, so what happened is like the power went out, which probably triggers the fire alarm to go off. But we're in like a complex of five buildings and none of the other buildings fire alarm is going off. And he's like, the other problem is it will probably go off every five minutes. (laughs) So we're like, what like we can't sleep in those and so what the girl who showed them where the box was he was like uh so um you saw how they did that right and she's like well they said i'm not supposed to do that he's like yeah but you saw how they did that right (laughs) so she's like oh yeah (laughs) so he's like all right (laughs) yeah and so she was kind of in charge of it everyone off again luckily we went to bed and didn't have another incident, but I was like, if it goes off again, I'm going to my parents' house. I will not be able to sleep tonight, and Jackson will not enjoy his night if I don't do this. So, so do, finally... you think, do you think the firefighters, when they showed, do you, do you think they were like, okay, 
here's how to disable the alarm. Here's what not to do. Don't do this. I don't think that's what they did or downstairs because she sounded like they told her, like, you're not supposed to do this. Like, they're pretty serious. But the guy in charge was like, yeah, but like, and she's like, she was even like, but I didn't see what press, what button they pressed. Like, I saw it, but I didn't see the button. And he's like, oh, like, it probably said silence or something. <laughs> like, he said it very sarcastically. And she's like, okay, got it. <laughs> but I felt so bad for her because she was like, well, she was sitting on the balcony watching the storm anyway. So she's already awake. I think she had a few drinks in her anyway. <laughs> but um, she was going to go upstairs and grab, like, a couple beers and then just sit downstairs <laughs> by the fire alarm. But I told her, I was like, I think you should wait till the second it goes off again to go back downstairs. And she's like, true. So luckily it didn't go off again. Um, but yeah, I got I got to my bed at like 2.45 in the morning and finally I could kind of go to sleep. And then I woke up at like 7.30, but I didn't have power. And I was supposed to go to a workout class with one of my friends. And I texted her. I was like, my phone might die. My alarm might not go off. <laughs> so oh, right, sorry yeah. if I missed the workout class. But it did. It My phone survived. So... Well, I'm... I think I speak for everyone when I say I'm glad that you're safe. Yes, and I'm glad that like everyone who had to travel in it is safe. Yeah, because that was sounded very scary, and I was glad I got home before that happened. Because like I said, I'm terrified of storms, <laughs> especially tornadoes. So when the tornado sirens went off, I knew it was probably just because of the high winds. But I hate tornado sirens. Yeah. Well, I mean, you always have to take them seriously, no matter what. Um, I mean, unless you know that it's, like, a drill. Yeah. Yeah, if anybody doesn't know, when it's a storm watch or tornado watch, it means that, like, the conditions are right for for a storm or a tornado to happen. Yep. But if it's a warning, it means that it's already happened. Like, it's been witnessed. Like, you should watch out, take shelter. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, my, my night... Oh, I, I didn't even know that it was going to storm. Yeah. <laughs> and then in the middle of the night, I woke up, and it was just kind of like rain or whatever, which normally is, I mean, it's like pleasant, right? Yeah. So I would just like go back to sleep. A little storm. That's cool. But I felt, I don't know if it was like the pressure change or, or what, but I suddenly felt the energy it happen in the house. I was like, oh, something's oh, going wow. on. And so... I quickly, like, grabbed my phone and pulled up the, uh, I had, like, multiple warning alerts on my phone, and I, like, flipped through them, and I was like, oh, okay, so this is bad. We need to, like, get away from windows. Yep. Um, so I, I, I woke Chen up, uh, my wife, and, um, she is a very heavy sleeper, <laughs> and... I feel a little bad about how how uh, aggressive is maybe not the right word, but like like you need to get up, you need to get up. Oh my god! We need to get the girls downstairs. Like it was just very like because uh, if I don't, then she's gonna you know stay there forever and... or or. You know, it might take her like fifteen minutes, but uh, yeah. with how how severe it was, I was like, I don't think waiting fifteen minutes is wise. Just in case, like, I think the biggest danger is if like a window blows open, right? Yeah, and then you've got all the glass. Yeah. Um. 
so yeah, I was uh, <laughs> like pushing on her, like, Jen, Jen, you gotta get up. <laughs> um, I apologize to her later. Uh, but it's one of those things where I don't know if I'm apologizing. I don't. I don't. I don't think I'm apologizing because I regret doing it. Right. So I feel like I needed to do something. But it's more like the kind of apology that that you make when you do something that you know is not nice or kind or whatever, but is still necessary. Mm-hmm. Well, what was her first... Like, if I was woken up like that, I would have thought there was, like, an intruder or something. Did okay, she think... So- Right. <laughs> but but even with me doing that, I had to do that like four times before she actually like oh energized herself enough to be like, what is going on? Well, the girl I went to work out with, she was like, there was a storm last night. I was texting her like, hey, I might not be able to wake up. And she woke up like there was a storm. So she's the heavy sleeper. As That's well. unreal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Chen probably would have just gone straight through it and, and nothing happened. So that would have been OK. Yes. So it's it's not a bit like a big deal, but in it's, the event that something happens in that tail event, yep, you know, it's good to take precaution. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, she she I think uh, I don't know. I may need to apologize again or something. <laughs> well, I walked in and she was like, "He owes me." <laughs> Yeah, and so, now yeah. she's buying dinner for me as well, <laughs> so it's like I missed an opportunity there. Um, <laughs> but but it's okay. Everybody's safe. We we did the right thing. We got us and the cats down to the basement, and we, you know, sheltered down here until 1 a.m., like you said. Yeah. And everyone's cool. Well, I didn't say this either. It's like Dan, my boyfriend was out of town during this whole thing too so i was just texting him all the craziness but before that so like he went on a bachelor trip and so one of the guys got sick and he had to like clean up some puke all over like a bed and someone's shoes and like he had to do it so he was telling me about how bad his night was going and i was like wow yeah that sucks i'm sorry like good for you for cleaning it up though and then two hours later my night takes a turn, so right. I felt like I got to entertain him as well. <laughs> entertain, he was entertaining me with the story. I feel bad for you, sorry, but yeah, yeah, what it's, a night. Yeah, it's uh, welcome to the wardrobe. <laughs> this is the Who You Know podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Ryland Deemer, and I'm Elisa Wildy, the co host, the co host. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I guess we're both. Co-host? Yeah, that that works? I think so. Yeah. Unless it's like vice host. No, because that, that sounds like we are of equivalent status on this podcast, and I want that to be clear. But I do like how Rylan introduces it every time. Like, I like how you do it. So, uh, the, yeah. The mannerism that we have you do the same. In. We have the same status, but maybe different roles. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Okay, so last episode we had a guest. We had my wife on, Chen Shen. Uh, fantastic episode. Yeah, I was going to say, if you didn't see it, check it out. It's probably my favorite one so far. It's the third one. but So I, I think my favorite so far in terms of content is probably the one with Dan. And I think 
probably because you know more about Jen, so it's less interesting to you, and I know more about Dan, less interesting to me. But yeah, I think I think that definitely plays into it, and um, I also think like some of the topics with Dan for me were more like things that I was trying to connect with as well. So so maybe interesting is not the right word, but like I was trying to like really understand how how Dan like conceived of and like related to things like sports. Right. Uh whereas with Chen, I feel like I understand pretty well already. Yep. And so I was kind of going through the Yeah, and for me, like um with Chen, I love learning about other cultures and i feel like we talked about that quite a bit so that's why i really liked that one me too yep i love it <laughs> like I, I made sure to bring up the red envelope thing yeah and if you don't know what the red envelope thing is check out the episode with chen episode, three. episode number three um <laughs> uh, uh okay so one thing that i talked about in that episode though was like how chen and i met or maybe she talked about that and uh like the the pursuit or or whatever like the transition from friends to dating and she like we said in that episode she actually rejected me at the start uh or or a couple of years into the friendship but like she rejected me before we started dating yep um but then i kept pursuing her and i want to be totally clear totally clear that in 95% of cases, that's not the right thing to do, right? Like, that is a good point. If, if someone, <laughs> like, if someone turns you down, whatever reason they give, a lot of times they're not even giving, like, the real reason. What they're, what they're saying, in my experience, from being turned down, what they're really saying is they're just not interested in like yep. they, they don't want to be with you. Uh, I I don't know. I I I think that I'm like a highly. Like I I think I understand people's intentions really well. Mm -hmm. And so I I I have been able to identify, usually, uh, when that's the case. And with Chen, it was very clear to me that she actually wanted to date me. But, you know, the reason that she gave was that we were coworkers, and, and so there's, like, a risk there. Um, and so, like, the, the, the downside of the risk was exceeding the upside of dating me. Yes. And so yeah. what, what happened is I wasn't, like, asking and asking and asking or something ridiculous like that, which is, I think, always bad. Yeah. Um, but what happened is just over time, like, as we grew closer together, that, like, the the upside of dating me just overwhelmed <laughs> not to no, yeah. not to brag but like it overwhelmed the the potential downside the risk of uh, having that kind of connection with a coworker so and I, I think that's how like a lot of workplace relationships probably go is like well, people are hesitant or cautious for a while and it takes a lot longer to like heat the stove up no, you're right. Like, I feel like if Dan was telling his side of the story of, like, I feel like it's kind of, like, pursuing me as well. There's complications to that. That's why. But um, it was, like, oh, I'm just going to be, like, friends, and we hang out as friends for, like, 
a while, but he's still kind of like probably like trying to like still have that place in my life still so that like see if we're still interested. And like you said, the interest starts to outweigh the awkwardness of whatever's going on. But yeah, yes. it's it's tricky. And I think it's tempting sometimes to like frame these things in black and white terms. But there are definitely cases where like it's it's more of a gray area where it's like yeah it's like no but it can change and and i do feel like a lot of those like no situations like people getting rejected like for the 95 percent you said they're just not interested in you i feel like me like we probably both i don't know maybe you can speak for yourself but like we were good friends like it's not like we wanted to ruin the friendship either. So, like, if that was, like, a factor, I feel like a lot of good friends, it might be like, okay, I don't want to ruin the friendship. You said no. I'm backing away. <laughs> like, I want to be friends. <laughs> but it also might be awkward to be friends if you have that yeah, type I, of interest in each other. I do think a lot of people struggle with that, too. That's never been... I, the co- colloquial... I can't say that word. Colloquial? Yep. That's a word. The, co- the, colloquial, the colloquial term. What a stupid word. Um, <laughs> the as as it's colloquially referred to as friend zoning. I don't. Yes. I don't think that's like. I don't think that's a real thing, uh, or at least I haven't experienced that. And true. And I think friends. I don't know where I'm going with this now because I got they, so I got so caught up in the word. They know <laughs> their boundaries, maybe if you're good enough friends. Right. It's like you know each other. <laughs> I yeah, I, I think I don't know. I, I guess I don't want to turn this into like a whole dating advice segment or anything. Yeah. Let me let me just back it up. My main point. I didn't want anyone to take away from the last episode that that being persistent is a good idea almost ever uh i think there are those unique situations like what chen and i had that uh you know persistency is probably not even the right word or it's more just like letting it simmer a bit longer yeah like Um, taking a step back right and so i didn't want it to come across like oh yeah all you got to do is keep pushing keep being aggressive don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> uh, did we cover that well? I think so. I think, yeah, don't persist. I feel like I yeah. got to say it again. <laughs> yeah, I think don't persist is is the right call. Yeah. Uh, it's the right call. But again, we're not dating advice experts <laughs> yeah. either. Well, I am, but I don't want to get into it. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I Well, I guess I will say, if you are having trouble meeting people, um get out of the house and do the same thing many times and what i mean by that is like find a hobby meet with the same hobby group often and what will happen is you'll develop friendships and those friendships will open you up to a whole new group of people and you'll get to know people and you will likely meet somebody who will care about you and you'll care about them even like i feel like you might be going even relationship wise but even having a friendship 
like that is something special too. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. That's awesome. And and also it helps you grow as a person. And that's really I think the biggest part of being relationship ready is focusing on yourself, your self improvement, yes. how you relate to people. Yeah. Yeah, All they that. say gotta love yourself before you love someone else. Uh, that sticks with me a lot. I don't know. It's like I do have to be proud of myself and confident in myself. Do you, I don't know. Do you feel confident in yourself? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to say that any other way. I maybe I'm confident in myself, but not things I do is more probably the route I would take. I'm always like questioning. I do question myself after many things like, did I do that right? Did I say the right thing? Um, even while it's happening, that's probably why I'm a more shy person because I'm not confident in like what I'm going to say will be beneficial. Will it harm someone else? So like that makes me a more shy person too. Yeah, my confidence affects a lot of things. <laughs> I, I think I used to be overconfident in that I while I would still do self-reflection, which is what you're describing, but maybe with like a negative yeah. spin to it. Yeah. Um, I would barrel into conversations with people. I would use my intelligence like a, like a cudgel. I would not really care about people's feelings. Uh, and I think being an actuary, surprisingly, has led to a lot of Self-doubt, I don't think is the right way to phrase it, but a lot of, like, um, uh, instead of thinking a straight line, I kind of think at, at things from many different angles, yeah. like, constantly, because that's how we're trained to think. Yep. And, and that's introduced, I mean, I've just identified so many problems and, like, things that I've said in the past, things that I've done in the past, uh, things that I say and do now. And I feel like I'm just constantly like, it's like I've got multiple trained observers like watching me at all times and giving me feedback. And instead of like barreling into conversations now, I'm a lot more thoughtful about what I say and how I say it because I've, I have these like, not literal voices, but like the, the angles that I, I think about the yeah. things I say have just like multiplied over time. So... Are you saying almost like the analytical part of being an actuary, like viewing things from all different angles has kind of morphed into your like personal life too? I yeah, say. like okay. it has made me a better person. Okay, wow. I can't, I don't know if I can say the same thing about being an actuary. Well, wait until you, wait until you're like almost done with the exam process and you'll, okay. no, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I think it's just like, the way that we're taught to think, and maybe this is almost like a mathematician kind of thing too, but no, definitely just the the level at which I have that like anxiety spiral of, of no. thinking about what I said and did. It's like it's fractaled. So yeah. instead of just like thinking about the thing, I've got like twenty circles going on the same thing. Yeah, and now that you say it like that, I'm almost wondering if that came first. And maybe that's why I can do the things I do in my job. Like maybe I have those thoughts coming in all the time growing up and then 
I have those thoughts now when I'm looking at data. I don't know. Well, I, I know, um, yeah, yeah, let's, let, we can get into this a little bit. So, uh, like I have mild anxiety. Um, and I, I don't even, I don't even know if I would call it like a social anxiety because I, I feel very comfortable with people and, but, but I do stress out about it or it's almost like an excitement. Yeah. Like it's, it, it takes some like, before I jump into a situation, I kind of like have to like frame it out in my head a bit before I go into it or I won't feel comfortable. But if I do that bit of like prep work, then I'm, I'm great. Okay. Yeah. Like we prep for these episodes, obviously, but um, that little bit of prep like lets me sit in the chair and feel a hundred percent confident. Yep. I mean, yeah. I mean, I feel the same, but from a different angle. Yeah. So like the first episode where we went into it, just like not knowing, did that freak you out a little more? It did to me. But that I was definitely nervous for the first episode, but I think for two, three, and four, yep, I think I've done. Yeah. It's not even like an issue. Um, but but I wanted to go back to um, what I said before about anxiety. Yep. So I think I do have like a touch of mild anxiety. Mm-hmm. And what I've identified in myself and have later read in articles, I don't remember if it was like legit articles or like pop science stuff. But um, what I've identified in myself at the very least is that little touch of anxiety makes me like hyper aware of other mm. people's emotions. So I think it's actually like improved my ability to relate with people, have interesting conversations with them, connect with people. So while there's like the downside of more stress and the occasional pseudo sleepless night, you know, those things are, are, at least manageable, mm-hmm. but the benefit that I get, I feel, in, like, connecting with people and really understanding people and almost, like, intuitively knowing, yeah, like, a person's, like, you know, motivations or, like, just insight into, like, their behavior. Like, I, I think it, it, it's almost like a, like a superpower. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, would you think, like, what you're describing, is it the same as, like, empathy? Is that the same word? Yeah, I think... Like, your empathy has grown, or... I I don't want to sit here and say, I am an empath or something, because I'm not. I think it it really is just, like, a heightened sense. Yeah, Yeah. Heightened awareness. And I think anyone can train themselves to get to this point as well. It just takes effort. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I would say that I am empathetic, but I don't think that's quite what I'm getting at. It's okay. more like the little little twitches in the face and like okay. the, the way somebody's eyes move and okay. their body language. I think it's just like, it's like breathing to me, understanding yeah. that. Okay, that does, yeah, that makes a little more sense. Yeah. Like it's a, a little different. Yeah. Yeah, but I like that you can find that, like, positivity out of it. You got to turn all the bad things, all the bad things in your life, you got to squeeze every last drop of good out of it. Yeah. And it makes your life so much richer. 
to, to take those bad things and turn them to your favor. Yeah, I'm big on, I'm a big spin it positive. Don't let the negatives ruin my life. Then again, think about the negatives all the time, but I still live my life <laughs> in yeah. a positive way. But yeah, I like it. Hmm. Gotta love it. <gasps> okay. Uh, we didn't plan to talk about that at all, but that was great. It's okay. Um, so we had a little homework after last episode because, well, first let me say, I don't know when this will be posted. Um, we've had some delays on like the graphics side of the podcast and uh, we are hopeful, though, that we'll start releasing episodes soon. But I think this is still, like, in the zeitgeist at the time of, of publication here. Yeah. Uh, the UFO report. Um, and, and before we get into this thing, um, I want to say, I think, I think, like, our viewers are probably going to be in one of two camps. So we're going to have people watching us. You know who you are. <laughs> who are following this UFO stuff and have been following it for years and you know every last little bit of information about it. And that's really awesome. And I'm glad for that. What we're going to kind of deep dive into today uh, for your edification is the actual report that was published by the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. And this was, I think, Two weeks ago, week and a half ago, maybe. Um, Elisa and I both read it, the entire report, and we have some comments about it. If you haven't read it yet, I think this would be very cool for you to hear us go through because there are some interesting things in there. A lot of the headlines, I think, gloss over just how interesting the info is. And then the other camp of people watching today, very handsy today. <laughs> That's not the right word. I'm moving, I'm talking with my hands. I think the other camp of people who are watching are almost entirely out of the loop on UFOs. Probably still thinking that, like, these are smudges on cameras or, like, weather balloons being spotted. And I want to let those people know that the conversation has gone so far past that. Um, the things that are being reported now are fascinating and kind of debunks like the the you know camera issue kind of kind of stuff um and weather balloons are are very easy to identify now and we're talking about like all military reporting at this point so um i kind of wanted to frame that because i i don't want people to tune out for this portion because they may be like oh ufos are just crackpot theories um listen i'm not saying they're aliens or anything but there's something that that's being picked up on and we want to talk about some of that today do you want to say like what point of view you're coming from i feel like we're probably different like i don't know much about ufos and so like i right. have this like i'm probably more of like on the before i read the report i probably have kind of like a slight misconception of like what i think a ufo is like they're not all aliens. It could be a bunch of different stuff. Um, it's just like, why like... do I care about UFOs? Is I think maybe the difference we might have. 
Right. And and I think there's a very good reason to care about UFOs, no matter which camp you're in on whether you think aliens are actually here or not. Yep. Yeah. It's kind of the more interesting side of um, the stories. Right. And I think, okay, so you, you read the report. We haven't really talked between us. I know we, like, talked about some of the numbers that they list in there. Yep. But... Um, maybe do you want to summarize like what the report is? You're giving me a test now. I am. <laughs> so when I read it, it felt like to me some of the main points. Yeah, maybe that's what I'll go through. Is like the main points that I got out of it is like for me, it also taught me like they like I don't even know who they is. They who wrote the report. The Office of the Director of National <laughs> Intelligence. Yes. I had to Are... practice that, by the way. <laughs> I didn't practice anything, so I'm going to look over at Ryland every time I forget what I want to say. But um, they want to explain that there are a lot of these events that they don't know what it is, and they need to increase, like, to me, it felt like almost like an announcement, like, hey, we are, need to increase, like, the amount of efforts going towards identifying these types of things for many reasons. There are many different types. There are like five categories of types of things that could be in the air, in the sky. And so, like, what do those consist of? Like, it's not just aliens. <laughs> Maybe that's a point I want to make to some people. Um, and, like, they are going, like, there is a real need to, like, identify these things. And we need more technology, more maybe resources. Um aimed at this and like that's kind of like almost the main gist i got from the report is like we do need to like up the effort and we will right Maybe. yeah and and you made a good point that it's not just about aliens and it, and I, I think that's the reason why we want to be clear that this is the ufo report or as they say the uap mm -hmm. unidentified aerial phenomena report and not the aliens are here report um <laughs> <laughs> They're using UAP, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, specifically uh, because these are unidentified. Like, we literally don't know what they are. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe we can talk about, like, this report came to be because there's been such a stink the past couple years, so much pressure on the, the Pentagon to actually, like, release some info on this because there have been so many um, instances of leaked footage Mm -hmm. from the military of these things that you know in the on the cameras or on the radar um or even on on like like visual reports they they appear to be aircraft that in a lot of cases are operating in ways that our current understanding of physics and technology don't appear to support the ability to do Right. So that's that's stuff like going from a standstill to hyper fast in like a split second with no visible exhaust or heat signatures or or making turns at at such a, a sharp degree and at such a speed that um it would destroy any craft that we could put together with our current technology. Yep. Um so I, I think maybe talking about the report now in terms of numbers is is helpful because um, the report uh, 
uh, describes that there are 144 of these unidentified aerial phenomena uh, reported. One of those they've been able to classify as something, so it was it was a, a case of a balloon. So one of the 144, they know what it is. Yeah. The other 143, they don't. Um, of those 143, 80 of them were uh, identified on multiple sensors. Mm -hmm. Okay, so so earlier I mentioned that some people think that maybe it's like a sensor problem that shows shows something that actually isn't there. Yeah. But if you have multiple sensors identifying the same or 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 picking up the same object, that speaks to the fact that it's not a sensor issue. Yep. It's real. Right. Yes. And so yeah, eighty out of hundred and forty three. Quite a bit still. Yeah. Um and then going into the numbers more, let's see there's the, the twenty one and the, the eighteen. Yeah, it's like 18 um, unusual flight patterns or something yeah, so, in like 21 reports. So, so yeah, so the um, there were 18 events where a craft was witnessed doing something like what I described, like yeah. the ultra sharp turns or the ultra fast accelerations or, or um, and even cases of them like dropping underwater with no noticeable yes. like disruption of the craft. I forget, we were talking about this a little bit, but, like, are some of these, like, people actually saw it with their eyes, too, and it wasn't just picked up? Right. Yeah. Yeah, so so there were some uh, cases of uh, servicemen and women um, visually spotting the craft. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I mean, that's wild stuff. And so um, I think even, like, let's pretend aliens don't exist. I mean, this kind of technology could indicate that there's like a foreign country mm -hmm. observing us, right? And I think that's like what, that's like probably the main reason I think about UFOs as being a problem is like, we have no idea what these things could be seeing, listening, doing to, yeah, from other countries doing to our country or other countries. Yeah. That's that's definitely a concern. I think it's way more likely that it's aliens. Um, <laughs> and that's not even me being hopeful. I just think for as long as these have been reported, and, and certainly like the, the number of reports have been increasing recently, so it could be you could you could maybe say it's a fairly new technology. Mm -hmm. But like I saw something in the past, and certainly these reports go back decades. And I think if this kind of technology had been around that long, no matter who on earth has it, mm -hmm. I think the the beans, I think the tea would have been spilled. <laughs> the tea definitely like. would have been spilled. <laughs> we would know who. And, I mean, this is like transformational technology. It would be used for so many things if if, if we had access to it. Yeah. So I don't. I think it's more likely just the way that humans are that it's not our technology. Um, that's the stance I take. I, I think you could make a case, though, that it is human tech and somehow the lid has been kept on the pile of bean tea. <laughs> I mean, it's just so 
it it is the unknown which is like kind of scary to think about but like it's so unknown like maybe yeah maybe humans could have created maybe they like I don't even know what to think about it that's just the weird part to me is that we can't figure it out yeah with the current technology we have today I don't know yeah, that was actually something that was funny in the report because they, like you said, they list out like five different categories that these things, like maybe one day they'll potentially be able to classify them into. And the fifth category is other, which is kind of a catch-all. Yep. And they say in other that maybe these are things where we would need better technology to be able to identify them. And that to me was like, it was just a really funny thing to read while thinking about aliens because... It's like, this is a military report, and they're saying that their sensors might not be up to technological snuff to even be able to identify these. And yeah. it's just wild to think about, whether it's aliens or, or foreign adversary, I suppose. Yeah, I was going to say, like, even on the foreign side, it still makes me nervous. Like, our military still can't pick that up. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But So for those of you who weren't aware, uh, that, that report is out there. It's real short. It's like nine pages. It's written in plain English. Um, it was like written for Congress, I think, with the intention to release it to the broader public. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's easy to digest. Oh, actually, before okay, before we move on, I want to I want to I want to go into, and we're back. <laughs> um, sorry, everyone. We had like a, a technical issue. We had to restart everything. Uh, but what I want to go into before we move on is um, 144 or 143 unidentified. I I think that might sound like a lot, but I want everyone to understand how many more there probably are because that 143, in the report it says the majority of them are since 2019. Okay. Okay. Because that's when they started um, uh, uh, gathering the the reports on the UFOs in the Navy. And so almost all of that is from the Navy Mm -hmm. starting in 2019. Uh, They opened up uh, a similar reporting structure in another branch of the military in, I think, November of 2020. So fairly recent. Do you remember which branch that was? Air Force. Air Force. (laughs) That makes sense. Um, since they're flying. Uh, so, so just so you understand, that 144 is from a very short window of time and only primarily from one branch of the military. Yeah. So this report doesn't include, like, civilian reporting um, or the other branch of the military or any other countries. This is just, with, with a touch of the Air Force, it's, it's primarily the United States Navy um, which to me is wild because because if it's, there's like 143 in Just that brief that. period of time, and what was it, 18 of those events were like unusual flight characteristics like that. Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot, and like, I think we're gonna see a lot more. They said they're rolling out reporting to the other branches. Mm-hmm. Um. One, like, tidbit that really struck me was, like, the Air Force is actually, like, collecting data on, like, the best spots to identify these uh, 
UAPs as well. Like, I don't know. I thought that was interesting that they're almost like doing oh, like research. geographically. Yeah, that's what it sounded like to me. If you have a different interpretation, please let us know. <laughs> yeah, sound <laughs> off in the comments. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what it sounded like is they're trying to figure out even like how to collect more of this data by collecting data. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. And Okay, so here's what I recommend everyone. You could read the report. I think that's fine. But I think what might be more entertaining for those of you at home is to look at the 60 minutes episode that came out. I think it was a month or two ago. Uh, 60 minutes did a whole segment on this. It's, it's like 20 minutes long, despite the name. Um, and they, they go over high level, like what this conversation is all about. They interview some of the people who have witnessed these things firsthand in the military. Um, so I think that you'll find that really interesting definitely recommend you check that out that's probably a better starting place than the the um office of the director of national intelligence pdf that was released well and i haven't seen it yet so maybe that's that'll be my homework this you're gonna week. love it yeah. you're gonna love it we should do like a movie night okay get the crew a together minute movie <laughs> i'm really bad at planning events so <laughs> i feel like i'm okay with this i i can get this i can okay. get this going uh so yeah that, that's where i recommend people start um yeah that's the segment right yeah nothing, nothing else about ufos from me okay <laughs> well actually i was curious you don't have to share but did you want to share your ufo experience or i don't know if you want to call it a ufo yeah experience. you know what let's let's do that and we had something else that we were going to talk about today but i, I think Given the gravity of recent events, I think uh, I think I'll tell my story. So, um, listen. At the end of the day, I don't know what I saw, and a lot of the reason I'm interested in the UFO investigations, these reports, is because I saw something when I was young, and I would like an explanation for it, whatever it is. Um. So let me go through that story. When I was, I think, 17, um, I was driving home from the town that I lived in, and uh, my parents' place was, like, in the woods, like, 15 miles out of town, so I had to, you know, drive along forested roads. And I was coming up on a stop sign intersection late at night. I remember it was a cloudy night, and... Um, at the stop sign, I, I looked ahead and to the left where uh, there's, there's a person's house there, uh, which I, I drive, drove past all the time. But this night, I saw these three lights above it. Um, they looked like orbs or half orbs, you know, kind of circular. Hard to tell because it's just a light. Um, and they were in like a triangle formation above the house. And the lights... So, so I, I, I pulled past the stop sign as I'm seeing these lights, and I don't remember what color they were. Um, and I was like, what am I even looking at? Because they're, like, above the house. And, and they're spaced out enough where if it were one craft, one flying thing, it would be quite large. So uh, I would say maybe two-thirds the size 
of the house itself, maybe even a little bigger, but hard to tell with the, the distances. Um, so I pulled off to the side of the road because I was like, I don't know what this is. Like, what is going on? And the three orbs just, like, I, I don't know. The acceleration was, like, fast. And it wasn't a helicopter because I would have I would have heard that because it was mm -hmm. close enough to me. Um, but they just zipped up. Just they went from like a total standstill to like up into the clouds. I didn't hear anything from that. Um, was there, I forget, we talked about drones before, but did you think it could be drones at all? So, well, I didn't because back then drones weren't really a thing, oh, yeah. right? It was long enough ago where drones, I mean, they weren't even like in in like conversation because they just weren't a thing yet. Mm -hmm. And you know, maybe there's some military exploration into autonomous, or, or not autonomous, but like drone technology back then. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But, That's but weird for it to be hovering above a house. Yeah. Also weird for it to be that big. Like if I were to see that nowadays, I would think that is an absolutely enormous drone. I was even thinking if it was three separate drones. Is that would that make sense? Uh, or are they like so evenly spaced? Maybe that's they they looked very evenly spaced, but drones drones can be coordinated to be right. like moving in, in you know tight configurations like that. So if I were to say that now, yeah, maybe maybe I would think, oh, three drones yeah. above this random person's house in the middle of the woods in a small community. Filming a haunted movie. Right. I I <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I guess I don't know exactly how I'd interpret what it is. But it's... It was so long ago, and that just didn't exist. Yeah. Like, like, drones weren't... The word drone wasn't, like, used. And no, we didn't have anything like that. Like, even maybe for me, maybe eight years ago I heard the word drone, but that's still, like, a long time. I want to say five. <laughs> five years ago. I think I remember it first coming up during, like, the Obama presidency. Um, okay. Ten, then? Ten-ish ten years ago, yeah. maybe. Eight to ten. When when it became, like, a, a topic. Um, but certainly, as far back as when I saw that, I mean, drones weren't... So, okay, it, regardless. I saw something. I don't even know if drones can really move that fast. Yeah, that, that was and, another... And if there were drones nowadays, like, you'd still hear, like, the buzzing of the rotors. I didn't hear any mm -hmm. of that. I don't know what it was. And so when I saw that, I mean, there's nothing I can do with that info except think One, about it. Yeah, and so so I've been interested. As I say, yeah, all you can do is wonder and keep thinking about it. I don't yeah. know. And I, I wouldn't say, like, I hope there are aliens. Like, I, I think there are definitely a lot of people that really hope. Um, but... With what I know, I think aliens are more likely than, like, a foreign adversary's tech. Uh, for these reports, at least. What I saw when I was young, who knows? Mm -hmm. I, I'm a stupid kid. Um, maybe a quick question, because I don't know. Are they releasing, like, any more information about these, like, 143 incidences? We got to keep the pressure on, so so they have to, right? Uh, 
I don't know. Okay. I, I I think there are probably people out there who do know. I'm definitely not an expert on this. Okay. So um, that's okay. The main reason I wanted to talk about this is because the report is new, and I want to make sure that people know that it's out there for those who do follow the UFO stuff and kind of give our thoughts on like the numbers behind it all. Um, and then for those who don't follow the UFO stuff, I mainly wanted to have the segment to really encourage people to, at the very least, watch the 60 Minutes thing, because as more info comes out, it's going to be important. Whether it's aliens or foreign tech um, or secret U.S. tech, although the report does say that it's not U.S. technology, so I think that's important to point out. Yeah. Um, but what, whatever it is, you know, this kind of tech that we're witnessing is important. Uh, it's it's like physics. It's defying our understanding of, of physics. So, Yeah, and I feel like it's important to me, like when I read it, it's important to know that like, the military is capturing this stuff. It's not just people in their backyard. Like, right. Yeah. It's, yep. it's more, it makes it more serious to me. All right. Thanks for joining us. Um, we are going to continue doing weekly episodes. Um, I hope you all have enjoyed the way our studio looks today. Oh, yeah. So sorry if like we're giving you whiplash. I know we change it. <laughs> I think we've changed it literally every week at this point. I think so. Um, uh, and we're going to keep changing it until we get it right. We are bringing a fantastic, fantastic consultant in to help us with the studio design and i think we're doing that next week yep we're excited um so yeah i i really hope you guys are uh guys and gals uh etc are are enjoying um everything that we're doing here and the improvements that we're making because we are really proud of what we're putting together yeah and we want to keep making it better and stick with us hopefully Oh, good God. Hopefully soon it'll stabilize and we won't need to like do a studio overhaul. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to having much shorter setup periods. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're super enjoying it. Thank you all for joining. I never know whether to say something after you say thank you for joining us. I'm like, nah, I'm just going to be awkward with that. <laughs>